Welcome to Money Tips by Charles Kelly, author of Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness. Charles spent over 25 years in financial services, working for banks, insurance companies, and as a qualified independent financial advisor running his practice before setting up his speaking, consultancy, and property business. Money Tips will help you save, make, and accumulate more money, whether you are a business owner, entrepreneur, employee, or still searching for your vocation. Hello and welcome to my Money Tips podcast. This is Charles Kelly bringing you money tips to help you make, save, invest, accumulate and enjoy more money. Let me ask you a question. Is there really one big secret to money success? Well, that's a big question, isn't it? Is there one big secret? I'm not sure if there's one big secret. But look, I spent 25 years in financial services, 30 years running various businesses, investing in properties, gold, shares, futures, lots more things. And I've attended seminars all over the world. I've read hundreds of books and articles on success and money. I've even written a book on money called Yes, Money Can Buy You Happiness, which will be published shortly, by the way. Now, if there is one big secret, I mean one big secret, then I think it's this. Now, when you hear this, you're going to think, oh, no, not that again. I've heard all that before. But the secret, if there is one thing, I think it is this, education. Now, in my opinion, Education is the key, the cornerstone, the foundation of money success. And in the long term, it would lead to what I would call the two F's, financial freedom. Now, the great speaker Jim Rohn once said to me, and I met Jim Rohn in California many years ago when I was on one of his uh, fantastic events. I remember there was Brian Tracy there. There was lots of other speakers. It was like a rock star of speakers lineup. And Jim said to me, well, he said it also to 2,000 other people in the audience. He said, if you come into a million dollars, you better become a millionaire. So you get to keep the money. Otherwise, it will just disappear. Now, sorry about the accent, Jim, but what he was basically saying is that if you come into a lot of money, you need to have the financial education and perhaps the millionaire mindset, if you like, to be able to hold on to the million dollars. For instance, If you win the lottery or you inherit some money and you don't have the right money mindset or the right education, you can easily just blow it all. Now, we see this happening a lot, don't we? Now, before I go on, let me take you back to my story. Let me take you back a few years to when I was still in my late teens and I was kind of drifting from job to job when a friend of mine recruited me to the financial services industry. I became a financial consultant, selling financial products such as savings plans, investments, pensions, all sorts of things directly to the public. And this is in the the 1980s, I'd say before the regulation came into force. Now, that's how I got into the industry, almost by accident, really. Uh, The friend of mine actually left the company soon after I joined, uh, but I stayed on. And I stayed on for, you know, 25 years after that. Now, I see this as the turning point in my life because this is where my real education began. You know, I've been through school and uh, spent many years at school, obviously, like everybody else, but learned very little about the real world and financial matters. And I think that's still going on today. People are leaving school and they, they have very little in the way of financial education. So it's become my mission, really, to to help educate people on, on financial matters so that they can learn about these things and do things for themselves. So I'm not giving you a fish. I'm teaching you how to fish. But I remember that first day sitting in this plush, cosy office on the corner of Bond Street and Clifford Street, a very posh area, as many of you know. You've got Savile Row, Gucci's, Cartier, all around you there. 
And so I was there sitting in my manager's office, lovely guy called John Dickinson. And he showed me his paycheck for the last month. And I remember saying, oh, a bit disappointed here. And it was about £2,000. Now, that was probably seven or eight times the amount I was earning. And I was, I was like, wow, I was, I was amazed. It was a fortune to me. But he said, oh, it was a bad month for him. I remember going home and telling my mum about it. And she said, ah, don't believe it. He probably made it up. People don't earn that much. <laughs> but sorry, mum, but this is it actually happened. This is what happened. But anyway, John was very smart. And he knew everything there was to know about financial services. In fact, he almost knew too much. But sitting in his office uh, for a two to three day whistle stop course, actually, on, on financial services, I think we spent three days on it. And uh, he was talking about pensions, investments, life assurance, bonds, annuities, shares. And this stuff was really going over my head. It was actually blowing my mind because I hadn't learned this stuff in school. And he was talking about, for instance, the FT Allshare Index. You know, now, to someone who didn't really know much about the stock market. What was the FT All Share Index? I know what it is now. It's, you know, an index of the the top companies listed in the country, all the shares listed in the company. And the the up and down movements of that index reflects the overall shape of those companies and the economy in general. I remember talking about the Dow Jones Index and indexes all over the world. I thought, what the hell is this? The Dow Jones and Wall Street. The only thing I knew about the Dow Jones and Wall Street was from that song, Wall Street Shuffle by 10CC. Do you remember that song? Well, perhaps you don't if you're not from the 70s, but the Wall Street Shuffle, let your money hustle. If you sell your mother, you can buy another. Great song. Anyway, it just blew my mind. But however, by the end of a few days, it was starting to sink in. And I probably knew more than maybe 80% of the population at that time. And the following week, I was actually let loose on the public and, you know, we'd cold call people and get into their office in the city. And, you know, we'd go through a kind of script, if you like, you know, asking them questions. You know, would you like to accumulate more money? You know, would you like to get money to work harder for you? And I'd go out and see people in the West End of the city. And I was pretty much able to hold my own, along with a little support from the office. But, you know, I was by no means an expert, but I was way ahead of, of the curve in terms of the general public. Now, we learned a very sophisticated sales script in those days, and it actually kept me on track as well as helped you make the sale. It was basically what we used to call a, a funnel script, where you'd ask people a series of questions to which the answer would invariably be yes. You know, would you like to have more money? Yes. Would you like to put your money to work and make it work harder for you? Yes. You know, you get the picture, right? If you've ever gone through one of those timeshare sales presentations, you know, where you you're in Florida and they say if you get free Disney tickets if you attend this presentation you get a free breakfast or a free lunch and Disney tickets I mean you'll probably recognize this script I'm a, I went on one of these myself with with uh, a group of people and it was like hey Charles do you like the sunshine yes do you like holidays yes and I remember the kids say yes we like holidays do you like coming to Florida yes would you like to come to Florida every year but not spend so much money yes well, this is the way they, they lead you down this funnel and you end up buying a timeshare that you didn't really want because you just wanted those free tickets for Disney. Anyway, going back to the course, I did this course and it really, I'd say, opened up my mind completely, opened my eyes. And, uh, you know, I eventually left that company and went on to much larger companies and did residential courses and all sorts of things. And, you know, we went into tax and pensions and inheritance tax and capital gains tax. And I started to really become an expert in this field. And later on, when the market became completely regulated, we had to actually sit public examinations to go on to become licensed to practice. And we had to do CPD, you know, continuous professional development. 
And I studied for all those courses at home and went on to do all the public exams, passed all of those. You know, I changed companies in my career over 25 years. I was, I was once a broker consultant. This is actually going out to independent financial advisor brokers and supporting them with the company products. So I had to really know about the company products at that time for one of the largest insurance companies. I had great fun in the industry. I worked for a large bank at one time, spent a whole month out just on, on a course for a whole month, going through things on a residential course, basically relearning everything and keeping myself really up to date. It was great. You know, I eventually went on to form my own business, had my own IFA or independent financial advisor practice. I'd um, built up my own client base, advising them on pensions, mortgages. And, you know, it was a good career. Now, I eventually left that career to set up a different kind of business, mainly because uh, I was just bored with all the paperwork and the regulation and that sort of thing. It just bogged me down. But I set up a new business, which actually became my greatest investment, if, if you like. But that's another story for another day. Now, look, I'm very grateful for the industry because it just re-educated me. And, you know, for instance, mortgages. Now, if you're a property investor, would it, wouldn't it be nice to know about mortgages? Now, if I hadn't have learned about mortgages, I'd not have bought my first property at the age of 20. I would not even dreamed about having uh, investment properties or buy-to-let mortgages. It, it just wouldn't have even occurred to me. So the financial services really held me in good stead and has done to this day. When I got out of the business, I was running my own business. I always fell back on that knowledge from the financial services industry. So I'm really grateful for the industry. And it also introduced me to a, a world of motivational speakers and the kind of stuff that you couldn't buy in those days from, from Main Street bookstores. You couldn't go into W.H. Smith and buy a Jim Rohn or a, or a Brian Tracy book or, or tape. I mean, you just couldn't buy it in, in the high street. You, you, you could buy it from specialist companies. Uh, and You could go to seminars and someone on the desk at the back of the room would sell you a Brian Tracy or, or Zig Ziglar a course, you know, that sort of thing. But you just couldn't do it. Nowadays, of course... Uh, it's, it's everywhere, you know, it's become mainstream, like The Secret, you know, you can buy it anywhere. And of course, you can get these things online, you can get free podcasts. But at the time, I thought, wow, that's fantastic. It really introduced me to a different type of person that, you know, you, you think of success and does it just happen or are there steps to success? And you know, people like Brian Tracy became mentors to me. But in those days, it wasn't really accepted. People thought it was, it was American. All oh, that American stuff doesn't work here, of course, American stuff. I'm thinking, well, hang on. Don't we use American products? I mean, most of the stuff we use and the culture here actually comes from America in the main. But still, it was called popular psychology. Go over. It's in that corner of the bookstore, popular psychology, not taken seriously at all. But I got to read books like Think and Grow Rich, the classic, sold 10 million copies. It's probably helped more people become millionaires than any other book. So what it taught me is that you need education, not just general education that you get in school, but education, specific education on success and, and of course, money. Now, I don't think you can accumulate very much money and certainly not hold on to much money without education and specific knowledge and education. And this goes back actually to think and grow rich, specialized knowledge, not just general, not general knowledge. Now, lots of people try. They might get lucky for a while. They might start a business and it takes off. But without the right education in finances and tax, you could soon run into trouble and lose the money, at least if you don't have your education or the right advisors around you. 
In fact, in my book, I talk about the many stars and famous people who've lost it all, literally blown it all. The once wealthy people who blew it all after making millions of pounds in their career and ended up in the bankruptcy court. Now, you know, I mentioned Mike Tyson, for instance. How could someone who earned $400 million in his career end up filing for bankruptcy and now sort of makes a living on game shows and guest appearances and that sort of thing? Now, he is $400 million. He is he's a big spender. Nicholas Cage is another one. Singers like Michael Jackson at the time of his death was probably going broke. Elvis, Rihanna lost millions through poor advice. Some of it was... Uh, their own negligence, you know, not keeping an eye on the tax, but sometimes it was using advisors that ripped them off. But, you know, it's in my book anyway, Money Can Buy You Happiness, but that's another story. Now, in my financial services work, I actually saw firsthand evidence of this because I'd be seeing people for uh, consultations who I'd, a few years earlier I'd watched on Top of the Pops. Remember that program, Top of the Pops, the music program? Now, a few years earlier, I'd, uh, I'd be seeing them on singing on top of the pops. Then I'd be sitting with them and they'd have to see me because they had such bad credit ratings that they couldn't get a mortgage. We'd, we'd need to do a what we call an adverse credit mortgage because they had county court judgments or they'd been bankrupt. And I think to myself, you know, how did this all go wrong? How, how did you mess this up? You know, you earned all this money. You had a good lifestyle. Where did it all go wrong? Now, I'd say... In the majority of cases, it was because of lack of education. Now, they'd say, oh, it's bad luck, or this advisor ripped me off. But, you know, if you rely on somebody else to, to look after your money, as did bands like Blondie and the Beatles, you know, you can easily lose a grip on it, and that money can just slip through your fingers. You know, I mentioned the Beatles. They lost millions by not keeping an eye on their money. The states of John Lennon and Elvis were apparently down to their last million dollars before their death. Now, these are people had generated billions of dollars and you know they both tragically died and but their, their money was going down at that time in fact it was their wives Yoko and Priscilla who were much smarter with money that went on to rebuild their family fortunes the lesson I've learned here is that you really need to have a handle on your money you need to, to know where your money is going how to handle it how to manage it even if you've got accountants and advisors because remember it's your name and signature that goes on those VAT and tax return forms. Believe me, I've seen it in business. Accountants can mess up, but you're signing the form. So when it goes wrong and the, the revenue or the HMRC wants to investigate you, the accountant says, well, you know, of course, you sign the form. You're responsible and I'll have to charge you to deal with the investigation. Thank you very much. Education really is the key. Now, I want to give you three tips here to help you become better educated more financially aware and hopefully lead to your general life foundation for success and the two F's, financial freedom. Later on, we're going to more tips in future podcasts on specific areas of investment. I hope you'll stay with me on this, but let's start with the three quick tips today. So the first one is take a financial advisor course. Now, you can do lots of other courses, but the financial advisor courses will give you a really good overview of the financial world and how to manage your money. That might sound a bit strange because you say, well, you know, I don't want to be a financial advisor. Well, why should I take a financial advisor course when I don't want to be a financial advisor? How much will it cost, for instance? Well, it costs a lot less than you think. Probably for a few hundred pounds, you could start with the basic financial advisor course. Now, I'm not saying you want to become a financial advisor, but I'm saying this will help you be educated like a financial advisor. 
So the next time you see a financial advisor or a mortgage broker, you can talk to them on a completely different level. Now, believe me, if you take this course, you don't have to take the exams, by the way, and go on to become an advisor unless you want to be. But I guarantee that you will soon know more than 80 to 90 percent of the general public. Now, I know this because when I would go out to see people over the years, 90 percent of the people I saw were completely unaware of what was going on with their own finances, let alone with what was going on in the, the general financial world. Now, they'd say things like, oh, I don't know where it all goes. Where does my money go? Or I don't know how much I'm spending on this. I don't know how much. I just don't know where the money goes. Now, in particular, they didn't know about loans and mortgages and credit cards. They didn't realize that their credit card was costing them 29% per annum APR. They just didn't have a clue. They'd have money in the bank earning nothing and thousands of pounds sitting there, but they'd have a credit card debt, which was costing them 29%, but they'd just keep that going. So mortgages, for instance, a lot of people didn't know uh, the difference between an interest-only mortgage and a repayment mortgage. This is very basic stuff. Some people get to the end of an interest-only mortgage without realizing that no capital has been paid off. Can you believe that? This is why the government has asked the Bank of England to clamp down on interest-only mortgages and and self-certification mortgages because they didn't want people to get into trouble. They didn't want people to get to the end of their mortgage and then say, oh, I didn't realize the mortgage hasn't been paid off. Let's sue the bank. Let's sue the advisor. Let's sue the government. Let's go to the European Court of Human Rights because I didn't realize that the mortgage was interest only and the capital wasn't going to get paid off. Okay, now now hear me out on this. Take the financial advisor course. You can do these things online. You can do it by correspondence. You can do it in classes. There's, There's lots of different ways, but for a few hundred pounds, you can get to the basic level and it will really open up your mind. Definitely do it because let's face it, pensions, bonds, investments are are confusing to a lot of people. They're confusing to financial advisors. Some of them don't know this themselves, believe me. Now, there's another problem here. Millions of people are unable to retire. We're we're facing what's called a pensions time bomb here. Uh, A lot of the final salary schemes have been closed down by companies and many people are, are not saving nearly enough towards their retirement. So there's lots of things to consider here. And the financial advisor course will give you an overview into which type of pension you should take. Like, is it a SIP? Is it personal pension, work-based pensions, and so on? For instance, what, what is a state pension going to do for you? These are things you'll all be covered in a financial advisor course. Also things on tax, pensions, ISAs, lifetime ISAs, and the government help to buy scheme, which could help people get on the property ladder. So definitely will open up your mind and give you a massive, massively leg up in terms of financial knowledge. And uh, who knows, you might even want to become a financial advisor. Now, the first level would probably be sort of GCSE level, but you could go on to do diplomas. You can go on to do degree level courses. You could go on to be a real expert in financial advice and financial knowledge. Now, to find the courses, you can just Google them. Google financial advisor courses. There's a whole range of courses you can do. Just pick the one that you think is is right for you. So that's the first tip. Now, the second tip goes back to my first manager and that old John Dickinson. Now, all those years ago, he said to me, Charles, look, it's okay you're doing this course, but things change. New legislation comes in. New products come out. New tax laws come in. Tax legislation changes every year. You know, in the budget every year, when the you know, the Chancellor stands up that red box. They bring out a new tax bill pretty much every year. 
tax law and taxes will change every year. So you need to keep up to date with things. Now, not only I would say keep up to date with things in this country and in your local market, but also in the financial world. Things change all the time in America, in the Middle East, oil prices, all these things have an effect on you. Now, here is the tip. Read quality financial newspapers and particularly those newspapers that have a good business and money section. Now, the first one he suggested to me was The Telegraph. Now, I think The Telegraph, particularly on a Saturday, is, is still one of the best. It has a very good section called Money Go Round. Also, The Sunday Times or The Telegraph on a Sunday. Also good newspapers. Any of those quality broadsheet newspapers that have a, an in-depth money section. Now, during the week also, if you're going to do this, and I, I suggest that you do this every day, read The Times or the Financial Times even. You know, if you don't want to buy these newspapers, because, I mean, the cost can add up to hundreds of pounds a month, you can just get these from your local library for free. Go down there for half an hour, sit there, read these papers, and you'll find that other people are doing it as well. It's not just you. You can get these things online, of course, now. You can sign up online for The Times, The Sunday Times, Wall Street Journal, or The Economist, any of these magazines. But really get into this. And honestly, if you read these business sections for just 20 to 30 minutes a day, you'll really become in time very knowledgeable and even an expert in financial matters. Now, one of my mentors, Brian Tracy, once said to me, he said, well, he said it to me and audience of about a thousand other people. He said, you know, if you just read for your subject for 30 minutes a day, you can take a few notes for 30 minutes a day. Within a year, you'll become a financial expert in your field. Or within a year, you'll become an expert in your field. Within two years, you could actually do a degree on the subject. So this is actually very true. Whatever industry you're in, if you just get up in the morning and read something on that industry for 30 minutes, it's surprising how your knowledge and expertise will leap above the average employee and the average person. So stick with me on this. Just do it. Read these things and even if you don't read the articles in depth, you could just scan the front pages. You can see little snippets of information on the front page and you could see, well, our interest rates going up, our, what's happening with the, the average sort of indexes all over the world. Is the stock market falling or rising? Now, obviously, the main effects on, on your life is, is the things that you do. But other external things will affect your, your finances and will affect your, your economy as well. So you need to be aware of them, hopefully, before they happen. So that's tip number two. Now, the third tip is I want you in general to keep thinking about money and keep becoming aware of money. Don't just stop with this podcast or a few newspapers. Take further courses, seminars, listen to podcasts on money, listen to things like the Radio 4 program, Money Box, where you can probably get this on iPlayer or maybe their podcast. But by listening to these things and another podcast, you'll be continually learning about money. And just by becoming aware of money and business and finance and, and going to seminars and looking up on the Internet what's going on with money, you'll massively keep ahead of the game and you'll become a lot more financially aware. And once you become more financially aware, you can start to build your own finances and, you know, going back to that two F's and eventually become financially free. But you can't do that unless you first start to have the knowledge and manage and control your own money. That's, that's the first stage to accumulating money. And, you know, what is financial freedom? To some, it might mean having millions, but to others, it might mean just being able to downsize to a smaller property and not have a mortgage, not need to have a job. 
what you might call getting out of the rat race. And that's not to say that everybody wants to quit their job. If you're happy in your job, that's great. You know, if I was a Hollywood movie star, I wouldn't want to retire. But for some people, that daily grind of getting on the train or driving into work, it can be too much. And they would like to do other things in their life. And that's what I've done. I'm out of what, what, what you would typically call the rat race. But you need to be able to manage your money to get to that stage. Now, future podcasts, I'll be going over specific areas of money that will help you. But I would point out here that I'm not in financial services anymore. I'm not a financial advisor, so I'm not regulated to give you specific advice on money or where to invest your money. So you need to have your own financial advisor for that. You know, I'm not going to tell you like which pension plan to invest in. So in effect, I've got no extra grind here. I'm not here to sell you a particular product or service. My aim here is not to give you that fish, but to teach you how to fish. If I said to you, well, go and invest in this particular share, that's giving you a fish, right? And you have to come back each week for more. But I want to help you become more aware and teach you to fish by becoming more aware so that you can do that for yourself. So that eventually you can become a competent investor, a good saver, a better all round person with money. Now, if you're one of these people who say, well, I don't care about money, you know, it will happen. It's sell a vie, you know, money will come. I don't, you know, I'm not one of these people who care about money. I'm more of a creative person. You know, that's fine. But, you know, maybe you're on the wrong podcast. But I put it to you that most people do care about money. Even those who say they don't care about money, when they're broke, when they really know what it's like to be without money, they really start caring about money. I've seen this. I had a friend once, a bit of a tragic story, really. He started out when we were were kids going through school. His dad had a lot of money and he had a good business and he always had money and he grew up with money. You know, he worked for his dad. He earned a lot of money. But funny enough, he would waste money. Now, I grew up without money. My, My family were quite poor. So I valued money. He didn't value money at all. Now, if he had a penny in his pocket, he would take that money out and just throw it in the street or he'd throw money onto the, the railways over the underground. I thought, what's going on? I remember once we were standing on Camden Town Underground Station and he had some coins in his pocket and he started throwing them into the rails. And I thought, what, what's going on? I said, why did you throw that money away? He said, I don't need this money. It's just a dirty copper coin. I don't like them. It's just nothing, this money. It's just rubbish. Just throw it away. Now, basically, he didn't respect money and ultimately money didn't respect him. Now, I'm the type of person who will pick up coins in the street and say, well, this is this lucky money here. This is almost like a blessing. And, you know, I collect those coins and put them in a jar. And, you know, I think, well, those coins have just been given to me. They've just come from the air almost. Whereas today I'm financially free. He is still broke, still living week to week. OK, he's had some good times in his life. But, you know, it's not nice when you're living week to week and wondering where your next meal is going to come from. So that's my philosophy, if you like, teaching you how to fish, not just giving you a fish. So those are the three tips today. Remember those, right? Okay. take a financial advisor course, read a good quality newspaper or or magazine every day or at least every weekend. And thirdly, start to think about money, become more financially aware, look things up, go on courses. And this will be your first three steps towards financial freedom. So I hope this has been useful. If so, I want you to share this with your friends. I'm Charles Kelly. Bring your money tips to help you save, make, invest, accumulate and enjoy more money. I look forward to speaking to you soon and thank you. But remember, even though you've got education, nothing will, will get moving without action from you. So take some action today. 
Thank you for listening to Money Tips. For more tips and information, visit moneytipsdaily.com. The information given in this podcast is for your entertainment and should not be construed as financial advice. As always, take independent financial advice before making any investment decisions. 